Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. Drilling Deep is the place among the family of freight waves, freight casts, where we talk about stuff that needs to be drilled, like oil, and stuff that we want to talk about, whatever it might be. Today, we've got Tim Hines of Stay Metrics. Tim is going to talk to us. He's the founder and the CEO, the co-founder, and he's going to talk to us about how driver retention fared during the pandemic, how it's going on today. And he's also going to expand on some views regarding race and trucking that I first heard him talk about at the Truckload Carriers Association meeting earlier this year in Orlando. But first, let's talk about oil. We started to talk last week about the decline in the price of oil after it having been in a fairly steady range for quite some time, diesel too. Since our last episode of Drilling Deep, that slide has become more pronounced. The national wholesale price of diesel is down about seven cents since last week's episode. The data on retail is not yet showing a reaction like that, but that sort of a drop, that seven cents drop in wholesale prices is notable. It's certainly the biggest we've had since the start of the pandemic. WTI crude was down as much as almost $5 from its levels of last week before it rebounded a bit. All of this points to the prospect that retail diesel prices are probably going to take another step down of a few cents in the coming days. The most recent number, uh, the most recent DOE EIA number, the one that's used for the fuel surcharges, was down six-tenths of a cent. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be down a little bit more than that. But right now, retail is kind of hanging in there. What's pushing down oil in general is the growing realization that the demand increase of the spring has probably hit a plateau. That's not just a demand increase in the U.S. That's globally. And there's really no reason to think that supply is going to diminish much. The market seems to have found kind of an equilibrium where production cuts are are in, in place. They're baked into the cake. And there's just simply no case to be made for higher prices. It's possible that these strong truck rates and the strong movement of freight will eventually pull, pull diesel up relative to the price of, price of crude. But the spread between crude and diesel has been depressed for months now. If you take a barrel of Brent crude and compare it to the price of ultra-low sulfur diesel, the diesel is worth about $6 more than the Brent. A year ago, that spread was over $20. One could argue that a spread that low is just sort of just crying out to get back to some sort of norm, normalcy. Uh, especially if trucking demand continues on its upward path. But when we come back then to inventories, there's too many of them. And jet fuel, demand for it is so low, it continues to be low. So diesel gets made instead. And we're right back to where we were. Little case to see diesel rising that much faster than crude. And that is why the sweet spot of rising freight rates and weak diesel, weak diesel is likely to continue. We're going to turn our attention now to our guest of the week, Tim Hines. We have had Tim on before on Drilling Deep, where he has talked about his area of specialty, which is essentially drivers sticking around. Tim is the co-founder and the CEO of Stay Metrics. Tim, welcome back to Drilling Deep. Hey, thanks, John Kingston, for having me. So I could have you on every week because you're always so fascinating. But um, what, what, what really spurred me to have you on this week, uh, as soon as I could, was your production of something called the Stay Days Table. Yeah. And um, I'm going to let you describe the Stay Days Table. It was interesting enough to me that I wrote about it. I didn't give it a lot of interpretation, but I will give it a little interpretation now that um, the amount of turnover and volatility in driver driver movement really ground, I won't say ground to a halt, but it significantly decreased in the first days of the pandemic. And right now we're kind of back to the norm. So sure. why don't you talk about it? Sure. 
Thanks, John. Hey, well, the state aids table, what's the intention of it first? So let me let me, me uh, kind of uh, set the groundwork. Um, the state aids table is something that uh, we've had at state metrics for uh, several years, and it was more of an internal benchmarking for our clients uh, in and um, answering the questions for our clients in terms of, hey, how, how am I doing at, at retaining my drivers and different you know, uh, time segments as compared to my peers? So um, it, it, it evolved into um, you know, what we have today that we're producing on a monthly basis um, that this allows the entire market to kind of see, hey, am I... Am I trending with the market? Am I am I am I am I beating the market, or am I you know uh, uh, a victim of it? So that's kind of the intention. Um, now this this and this will come out on a monthly basis going forward. Uh, but yeah, you're right, John. The, the, you know that it, it, it's very evident in the chart that um, that that drivers did not move during that uh, that period of time. I would I would agree with your writing. Uh, that um, you know there there was a a period during the initial um, weeks and months of the pandemic, whereas um, drivers were well aware that that if they were working, there were drivers that weren't working. Right, they were in sectors that were uh, uh, were in sectors that uh, uh, were not essential. Um, so um, I think there was a, a, a psychology there with, with, with many drivers of, hey, I'm going to hold this. I, I, I'm not gonna, going to uh, move from this situation. Uh, plus, it was so uncertain, right? The psychology of it during that time, it was so uncertain, so scary for so many people that, hey, I've got a job. I know these people. I know what their PP, uh, uh, you know, their, 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 uh, uh, forgetting the acronym now. I'm, I'm, I'm in the PPP. PPP. Yeah, no, the PP, PPE uh, equipment. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, the equipment. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah the equipment, right? You know, uh, the, the, they they know the carrier. They know that the, the uh, 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 there, there's a sense of comfort there, and I think drivers really weren't um, um, anxiously uh, looking for for other jobs. The other part of that is is there's a psychology too. To somebody, um, you know, going out and reaching out for a large carrier, and we know several uh, of our clients uh, that actually stopped recruiting during that period uh, uh, for several reasons. One is the ability to manage it safely, but the second is is they were just managing the volumes that they had at the time, and they were they were really quite uh, content with the with the uh, base that they had. So when a driver calls in, it's you know, and, and, and instead of getting a recruiter that's that's, that's you know uh, all uh, excited about it they're hearing well hey we're really not doing anything right now you know that that sends a message to that driver and then to the market that hey i better set tight yeah the um the uh yeah and when and the, the earnings calls recently everybody said april was a terrible month so there probably wasn't a lot of need for companies to recruit new drivers during April. But then also these same companies would say on the earnings calls, May was better. June was really good. And of course, by now we know that the market is incredibly strong. Um, I did want to ask, I did mention PPP while you were talking about PPE. Yes, but did you get any sense that that, had an, it, it, that, that was a, a factor in driver retention, that companies were able to keep some people on the payroll that they might not have otherwise? Um. You know, I don't know that I'm the best one to answer that in the industry. Um, we had anecdotal uh, stories for sure of of, um, of carriers, uh, 
receiving it and, and receiving a sense of security. Uh, but, um, you know, we have entire fleets of people uh, that were delivering to the restaurant industry. Uh, that the, the, all that all our drivers, you know, these are these are people that, that deliver to the you know the restaurants on a daily basis. Uh, you know that got shut down. You know, uh, car carriers, right? You know, we, we weren't hauling any autos during that period. So 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 those folks actually hit the unemployment ranks. Uh, they, I, I don't sense that they were kept on the payroll on P, uh, on a PPP uh, type of environment. All right. So let's talk about the current environment. Looking again at your numbers on the state A's table, I wasn't just comparing them to, uh, let's say, a few months ago, uh, but uh, I was comparing them to a year ago or the yeah. two or two years ago. Yeah. And it appears to me that that driver movement now is even higher than it was uh, th- those past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what a flip. And uh, boy, it happened right underneath our noses and we kind of really didn't even uh, notice it. It went from... Uh, you know, uh, John, it went from me having carriers um, really assertively uh, asking us to put together uh, some type of system that drivers can be profiled, you know, so I can pick the right kind of drivers. You know, it, it was very refreshing for us to hear because we, we, we waited for the market to be able to use that's the selection process to put a good selection process in, you know, but since the inception of our company almost 10 years ago now, uh, all we've really heard is, hey, Heinz, you can give me a tool like that, but I'm not going to use it because I, I, I need to hire every driver that's available. Um, so so we uh, in 2019, you know, we, we, we were having a lot of that chatter. We actually built a product, have a great product. Uh, and, and now it's gone to right. It's, it's actually probably worse than 2018 right now uh, in, in, in terms hey, of. I'm how- I'm, I'm, I'm- sure. And, and why would it be, why would it be tougher than 2018? I mean, this 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 market is really good, but I don't know that it got up to 2018 levels yet. Well, conjecture, Your Honor. Uh, this is so. so <laughs> a lot of this is going to be a lot, a lot of this. This next two or three minutes is, is more Tim Hines than it is Tim Hines in the data. But um, you know, from from when when I look at uh, the difference, I had actually one of our one of our uh, customers uh, sent me a question. He said, Tim, I, I don't really get. You know, I lived through 2008, so I know this isn't what you asked for, but I'll, I'll come back to your question in a second. But he said, in 2008, you know, we lived through this this period. There, there are plenty of drivers available. Now, what's the difference between 2008 and 2020? I'm like, well, a lot's different, right? We had a negative GDP versus a positive GDP. But um, if you if you look at um, if you look at what's happening in the market now. Um, we have, we being the trucking industry, have um, the highest uh, average age of employee than any other trade that's out there. All the trades are aging, that's true, but not to the tune that trucking is. So when, when you just look, look at the, the, the uh, roll of film on this, I call it, look at the dynamics of this uh, pandemic. Uh, drivers went home. When they went home, they went home to a very nervous, un, you know, unsettled, what you know, or who's safe, who's not safe type of environment. Um, and it was in the words of one of my uh, uh, customers that said, "Hey, man, he had he has a bunch of drivers that aren't coming out because of one of two reasons. One is that um, they 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 were at that point of retiring anyway. They were within a year or two of it, or maybe a year or two over." meaning they, they meant to retire a couple of years ago, but they're still out there getting it done. 
so that so so some of those folks I think just just said fooey on it enough is enough I'm going to call it a career uh, and then the other part is is look at the health of our drivers right we know that our drivers uh, this is a very tough industry uh, uh, for for a human being to try to stay healthy in. And we know that the amount of 90-day uh, medical cards and, and one-year medical cards versus two are a sign that we have drivers that uh, are at very high risk um, uh, for being in harm's way if they did get COVID. So, um, so I think there's a, there's a percentage, and we don't know what that is, there's a percentage of drivers that went home and didn't come back out. Now, What's, what's fascinating to me is the inflow. At the same time this is happening, the inflow is all but shut off, right? These schools can't run. The, the schools have basically been shut down. The internal schools of the carriers have been shut down or slowed down. So at the same time this is happening, I think the inflow isn't there coming in. So that, that's kind of my hypothesis. We don't have a lot of numbers around it yet to support it. But, but uh, what says you, John Kingston? Well, you know, you say there's there's not a lot of numbers. I think everybody is dealing with the fact that data on a pandemic probably doesn't show up for two or three years. But yeah, what you're saying about the closures of the schools is something I've heard repeatedly. And I, you know, I wonder if anybody ever really modeled that. Whoever could have envisioned that the flow of new drivers coming out of CDL schools would suddenly shut down to zero or close to zero. And uh, that was for all the great planning about driver retention and and keeping the truck seated. Uh, that was probably never in an equation. I, I, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you. I think I think it did everybody out of the blue, and yeah, um, yeah which makes retention, which makes retention right now all the more critical because we actually have carriers that I'm going to use the word scared that, that that are actually nervous that they're not going to be able to receive. Yeah, the you know the classic. The classic economics model for those who have tended to dismiss the whole idea of driver shortages is that the industry has been dealing with driver shortages essentially forever, or at least, you know, since the end of regulation. And that um, it always manages to find a way usually through higher prices. But uh, I do think that you, you've introduced or we've introduced a couple of factors here that are different this time. The number of people who stay home because they're just afraid to go out there because of health and the fact that a lot of new people are not being trained. And that's that's very different. And that's a that's a real monkey wrench into the models. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would think it would be. So I want to go back now, change subject, uh, topics a little bit. Uh, Tim, I saw you in March at the truckload carriers meeting in uh, Orlando, yeah. uh, the really the last really big meeting of normalcy yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this industry. Who knew what what was a what was around the corner? And you you gave a really good presentation, and uh, what, you know this was all before George Floyd and the protests, whatever. But you know you you made a you made a comment. I'm going to read the quote from the story I wrote at the time. There are 300,000 Punjabi drivers in the U.S. They aren't here at TCA and they aren't at ATA either. And then, uh, according to you, somebody ultimately would build a multicultural network, including these different categories of drivers. And and I had never really thought about it. Of course, I haven't really been trucking that long. But we all we know that not just uh, Punjabis, but people of color uh, make up a lot of the people in the seats. And yet they weren't at a meeting like that. Uh, what have you heard about your comments since then? I thought they were they were very incisive and certainly very different. Uh, and what are your views now? You know, um, uh, there's a lot in that bucket. Let me let me let me take it out in pieces. Um, you know, the 
let me tell you that the way I started to to get passionate about that is not from a um, a, a strong um, uh, activism standpoint. It's from a business standpoint. That's what got me there to begin with. So so let me let me let me let me share that with you. So what happened was is as we look at the demographics of drivers that are changing. Uh, uh, minority drivers are becoming in the majority and will become the majority in probably under five years, uh, meaning that Hispanic, um, Eastern European, you take Hispanic, Eastern European, Punjabi uh, and, and black drivers uh, will exceed uh, will exceed that of white drivers um, very shortly if it's not already happening. So we've been watching this happen. And when we're trying to help drive, uh, carriers retain drivers, we're looking at things like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, 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 and we're looking at, OK, from that driver's perspective, what are their opportunities in the industry? And, and John, I'm a I'm a phenomenal uh, I'm a good example for a lot of things and a bad example for a lot of things. But, you know, I, I kind of am, am the American dream as it pertains to trucking. I mean, I'm a 57 year old guy that started out as a fleet driver for a fleet owner when I was 19. I almost went bankrupt when I was 22 because I was an owner operator over my head. Uh, and and I, I just came through the ranks. I, I got a chance to get into dispatch, uh, and then I fought like the Dickens to be one of the better dispatchers. And then I, you know, so I just pro progressed my career for thirty some years to where I've been president of companies, and I've been you know vice president of marketing, and I've had my own company now for ten years. So this is great if you're white, uh, because see there are no fifty seven year old Tim Hineses that are black. In trucking because we never opened the door for him. Uh, we opened the door. You could drive, but it was kind right. of an, uh, in, and, and so, so, so what's happened. So if you want to retain, if you want to retain more drivers, you think of them as customers. You want your customers. You want to deal with your customers the way they want to be dealt with, which means that you want people of their uh, gender, of their ethnicity uh, in uh, the in the office where they can see that they can aspire uh, to a career uh, of something other than being a driver. And and this sounds crazy, but as of 9-9-2020, we, we as an industry have not solved for this with two very strong associations. The ATA, my God, is one of the strongest associations, you know, probably in the, in the country. And yet we've not solved for it. Yeah, again, I'm going to read another excerpt from the story I wrote from your uh, from your presentation at TCA. Hines bent down as if he was peering into the window between the driver on one side and the dispatcher on the other. He envisioned the reaction of the driver. There is nobody in there who looks like me. And Hines envisioned that the driver Hines envisioned that driver thinking that they would like a career path, but they wouldn't be getting it at that company. Yeah. You know where that came from is that came from a conversation that I had with a carrier that was really pretty cool. And, and I, I applaud the guy for his candor. But he uh, he was talking about the the uh, uh, the issues that he had in his company. They weren't they weren't of large magnitude the race issues. They weren't of large magnitude, but it, it was bothersome to him. And he certainly not did not have the buy in of his drivers. Um, and we were, we were, were trying to help him with that. And, and he made the following comment. He said, Tim, I don't get it. I, I, I've been in this business a long time and I got along great with these guys' dads. And I had to look them, you know, in the eye and say, here's the problem is when they look through that dispatch office, they don't see their dads. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you, you said something also, again, this story was a goldmine, Tim, of things to talk about here on Drilling Deep. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, Heinz talked about a recent discussion with a client who spoke about his company's experience with millennials. According to Heinz, the client said that millennials, quote, repulse him. I didn't say it, but you're done, Heinz said. These drivers repulsed you, so it is a big generational disconnect. So you see the issue not just in terms of race, but also of generations. Sure. Yeah. And it, what, what, you're, what, what I saw there, and that, 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 that uh, conversation was with a carrier two and a half years ago. And, um, and what it was is, it's the uncomfortableness of us boomers hearing the message that the millennials are now preaching very loud. They're screaming it right now. And, and, and really, um, uh, it was, uh, um, it was uh, the, the driver, let me back up. Let's say, you know, the, the, the driver that, every, that most everybody wants is that driver from the 70s, I, I feel anyway, that, because that's a lot of the same age group as a lot of the guys leading the carriers. So they remember the days when guys were coming off the farm, they could wrench, they were self-starters, um, they, they could handle small breakdowns themselves. They love those drivers, right? You look at what they're getting today is they're getting today uh, people that were working in a fast food restaurant, right? That it just came through a class, right? So, so, so they're getting, they're getting that type of, uh, of driver and it's frustrating them. But at the same time, you know, um, the, the millennials, uh, that they're, that they're dealing with don't seem to have the same, uh, work ethic. I mean, not, I don't work ethic is horrible. That's judgmental. They don't have the same priorities that we had. Right. Uh, and, and, um, but, but, what was fascinating when I told the story is the guy had 10 trucks on the fence. And, and as I was telling the story of how we need to be more empathetic, um, he stood up and he, and he went over to my grease board and he pointed to the millennials and, and the new generation of drivers, which many of them are minority and said, these people repulse me. <laughs> and, and, you know, think of the disconnect there. I'm thinking, Oh my God, you got 10 trucks on the fence. You said your goal is to re- get back to profitability. No, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. You've seen it from all sides. Boy, Tim, we could talk for a long time, but that's about all the time we're going to have for today. I do want to note people to uh, direct them to the Stay Days table. I guess that's maybe available on your website or it can be signed up for a, an email delivery. But it's it's a lot of data in there. And to get any value from it, you have to give yourself some time to poke through the numbers. But once you do, uh, some really fascinating stuff in there. So, Tim, thanks for joining us today. Hey, John Kingston. Have a great one. Appreciate the opportunity. Okay. Okay. You've been you've been listening to Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freight Wave family of Freightcast podcasts. You can find us on all the major platforms, Apple, Spotify, etc. I'm your host John Kingston. Please join us again. Mm-hmm.